Welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I am your host today. I'm excited about where we're headed in the next two episodes as we're going to be talking about the topic of scripture memorization. Um, You know, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and cuts deep into our hearts to separate our heart, intentions, motivations, and it's just nothing quite like the word of God to really help expose what's going on inside so that we can think different and then act different. And these are the kinds of things that obviously as disciples, followers of Jesus, we need to be doing ourselves But all the more, we need to be able to help other people to do the same thing as we are not merely disciples, but we are disciplers, disciple makers. So I have the privilege of having my friend Matthew McLean come in today, who actually was the first person I've ever had quote an entire book of the Bible to me in one sitting. It was pretty amazing. And so... um, We're not really going to try to talk you into memorizing an entire book of the Bible, but we do want to talk about the value of uh, memorizing scripture, why it's important, why why we even think it's worth talking about today. And then we'll also take a second episode to kind of dig into some practical steps of how to. So with that, we're going to jump in here and we are going to have a great time today. So enjoy the conversation and I'll catch you on the other side. Um, so we've gotten to do a lot of life together. I actually was uh, privileged enough to be uh, a part of your wedding. Uh, and you were, you were a part of my wedding shoot 18 yeah. years ago, man. Um, Crazy. so yeah, a lot of life together. We're, we're like lifelong brothers, man. I, I love you a ton, uh, and really appreciate your love and your commitment to the word of God, which is actually, really the thing that brings us together for this program today. Um, it was, you know, it was probably about four months ago now that, that we, uh, we sat, we sat in the car outside of uh, mod pizza and you literally uh, pretty much word for word, maybe, maybe six missed words through the entire book. Uh, you, you recited the book of Romans to me from chapter one to chapter 16, I want to say it took about 45 minutes total, I think, uh, to do the recitation. And it was, it was pretty amazing. Um, and one of the things I actually, so that's just amazing. Good job. Uh, you know, rah, rah, Matt McLean, good job. Um, just cause like, that's, that's an accomplishment and we shouldn't pass by that too quickly. But, um, what I really appreciated about it is actually, when you recited it, it, it sounded like um, you had processed the text deeply enough to, to almost recite it as, as if it was Paul talking. Like it, it, it sounded like you had a lot of this feeling and emotion behind it um, that I think for a lot of people probably listening right now, they would, they would probably struggle, honestly, to be able to get to that level of understanding of what Paul was thinking, what he was doing. And so um, I guess I don't really want to get hung up on the, you memorized a whole stinking book of the Bible and not one of the short ones, you know, it wasn't like you memorized Philemon. That's probably what I would do if I wanted to be able to tell somebody I memorized the book of the Bible, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I got Philemon in my pocket. Let's go. Um, But 
so I don't really want to get hung up on the fact that you memorize this big chunk, but more just kind of talk about the, the idea, the concept, the topic of Bible memorization in general. And then, and then how, whatever the quantity is, is kind of like a secondary issue. Right. right? Yeah. Um, I think there's, I think there's value to doing what you did and that's, that's awesome. But um, but I think if we focus on, hey, go memorize 16 chapters of the Bible, go, go, go. Um, most people will, you know, falter in about, I don't know, three minutes. You know, they'll just be like, oh, no, that's too much. I'm done. So I kind of just want to start the conversation with, um, dude, why? You know, why did you go and start memorizing the Bible? You know, we I know we've talked about two big reasons. I just jump in there and just kind of help me out with what was kind of the beginning motivation that, that got you to start? Yeah, the first time it actually got got me motivated when I was in, in college in PBC. And I had always kind of just took a liking to Romans. It always seemed to grab, I, have to, I would have to pull myself away from that book of the Bible to read other, other sections of scripture. And it kind of had always been like a desire of mine to memorize Romans from that point on. Now, from what finally actually got to the leading of actually doing it was was really mostly like number one reason was to keep my mind pure. Like I found like I had a hard time not thinking thoughts. And the only way I could stop thinking thoughts was to replace the thoughts with the word of God. And so I just kind of made a commitment. I just put two and two together and just like, well, I've wanted to do this. And I want to understand the gospel better. And I really love Romans. I'm like, why don't I just start doing this? It'll keep my mind busy. And so basically, it was just to help my mind thought life. That was the first and primary reason. And then the second reason, which is like to understand the gospel better. And because the gospel is a whole long process. Like I've said before, like, I feel like I know it better. But now I realize how much I still do not know and still have left to go. But yeah, basically, it started with trying to get my uh, thought life in under control. I, I'm actually kind of inspired by that because um, you weren't like uh, pursuing memorization of scripture out of some pious, holy place of I am I'm going to be like a monk, you know, I'm going to take some time and retreat to the mountains and memorize scripture, but really almost from a place of desperation, like, um, yeah. Lord, I am, I am a broken mess. And if I don't have something actually legitimately powerful, uh, encounter my life right now, um, I'm, you know, it's like, we're all headed the wrong direction unless we get, yeah. uh, God's help in this journey. And right. really by God's help, I mean him picking you up out of the place you're going and, and putting you on a solid place, you know? And so, um, so I kind of, I'm kind of inspired actually by the fact that it wasn't out of this place of like, I'm doing so good. I guess I'm going to go memorize scripture. Um, because I think that even from the very get go of our conversation begins to remove people's excuses for not memorizing scripture because like, Oh, I'm, Oh, I couldn't possibly, uh, I can't handle that. I'm not in a good place. You don't understand what I'm, you don't understand what I'm tangled up in. You don't understand how, how crazy my brain feels, you know, because I think there are people that have legitimate struggles, you know, with uh, attention deficit and stuff like that. And, um, and I, you know, and, and true, that might actually limit their ability on how much they can memorize, but I think everybody is able to do some 
and and I think that's where we want to we want to kind of focus the conversation mm-hmm. is like not not how much but just that you do some, and so um, I don't I I am a little bit just to kind of get a little more like uh, just testimony or information from you. Okay. Um, talk to me a little bit about how how that keeping your mind pure thing like how did it actually play out like how did it feel like what what was it like was it did you find yourself actively thinking better or was it because you took so much time away from free thinking you know because to memorize you have to set aside a good period of time and focus on thinking about a particular thing so obviously that eliminates time to think about other things Um, Did you find that to be the primary thing or was there even a shift in what you thought about even in your free time? Yeah, it actually was probably more the latter than it was. I mean, in some extent, uh, when you're memorizing a lot, you can't, you think about it throughout the day and you're re you're re playing it, but it was more like, almost like, I don't know how to say it, like a subconscious thing. It kind of builds you up with the word. So one, you didn't want to as much in the first place, think bad thoughts. But then even when it came up, you would have the word of God. You make as soon as it's come up, I would just go start saying the thing, the chapter again. So it was mostly more just the, it didn't really, it was more in the mornings when I spent the time and then it would just replay in my head when the actual battle came into, into play. Hmm. So I, I don't know how much it was just like, I was thinking about necessarily all day per se, but more like when the actual the fight came up, then I would just purposely go switch my brain over to it because I found out I couldn't control it any other way, but to focus on the word of God. Hmm. That's so good. I remember I've read a book, a book by a guy named Erwin Lutzer uh, called Getting to Know, and it's N-O, not K-N-O-W. Um, and it was an older book. It was actually called winning the inner war. And then for whatever reason, they, they retitled the book, but, um, and one of the concepts that he talks about in that book is replacement thinking, you know, that, uh, if I tell you, Hey, Matt, I, the, the only thing I don't want you to do today is to think about the number four, you know, so right. don't think about the number four, like get the number four out of your brain. Don't think about what it looks like, um, you know, the shape of it. Don't like, right. I, you know, you know, whatever. And so, well, the, the problem in that moment is every time I say it, every time we're having a conversation about it, you're, you're picturing it and you're thinking about it and you're like the more that I try to not think about the number four, the more I'm talking about the number four. And so there's something, and I know that's such a silly example of, you know, no, why would you think, but, that's the way it but if you go, if instead of thinking, I don't want to think about the number four, you think about the number seven or the color blue or, and you just focus on uh, training your mind on that, then of course, you're not thinking about the number four, but you're not doing it by telling yourself to not think about the number four, which would also be a a Pauline thing where Paul always talked about not just putting off sin, Mm -hmm. but making sure that we put on righteousness, right? So don't just stop stealing, 
but then go put on righteous works of generosity and giving. Um, and usually it was something that was the opposite of what you were putting off. Um, and so you don't just clean out the vessel, but then you fill it back up with the right things. And I think that's like kind of the key concept that you're tapping into in this whole journey. And it's so powerful. I'm actually super encouraged that you answered the question. I know you're just being honest, which I'm glad, but I'm, I kind of like the way that you answered that. Um, yeah, it wasn't so much that it just took up all my free time, but it actually began to shift what I was thinking about in my free time. It didn't just, it didn't just make my free time go away, but no, it changed what I think about in my free time. Uh, Some somewhat naturally and then somewhat due to discipline. And so yeah, it also, not only did it, it change in the mind, the actual desire to sin was diminished. So I would actually have the urge or the temptation. The temptation would be smaller as well as the actual moment of fight. I found myself just naturally not thinking about it a lot more than I did before I spent time in the word. And it made me hate it more. Like you, you grow to love God's word because God's word is righteous. It's holy. It's true. And, and you love, love his word and you want to hate wickedness. And I found that spending time in the word also diminished the desire for evil. Hmm. It's so powerful. I, you know, it's, man, it's so good. I love how when you hear people's testimonies and it just lines up with other scriptural principles that, you know, exist in, in the word of God yeah. where, you know, it's like in first Corinthians where it says that there's no temptation that's come upon you. That isn't common, you know, like everybody, everybody's in that boat, bro. And, but God's going to provide you a way out and he's going to you know provide you a way to have victory over that thing. And so I even love hearing you say like, no, it's like my enemy, my enemy began to shrink Yes, because my God gets bigger. And of course, God is who he is. God doesn't change, but it is our perception, our understanding of who he is grows. And, um, and I think that is, and, and again, that's part of this whole thing you were talking about, about the gospel, understanding the gospel better. And sometimes I think we, we minimize what the gospel is to, uh, Jesus died for your sins. Um, yeah, you get to go to heaven, but really the gospel is you are, saved, sanctified, you know, justified, like you got all the, all the words, right. Okay. That Paul throws in that you'll know off the top of your head, probably way better than me, just cause you um, got the whole book memorized, dang it. But, um, and, and really being able to slow down and think about each of those concepts deeper so that, yeah. So on that note, um, you know, we've talked about before how I am, I'm a super like practical guy, right? Like I, whatever, I went to Bible college for four years. And so I had plenty of theological arguments with people. And sometimes, and Mm -hmm. even to this day, I find myself getting a little bit like annoyed sometimes in some of the arguments because I'm like, who cares? Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, and and I say that carefully, really, because theological accuracy is important to me. Uh, but sometimes some of the arguments that people have are kind of silly in the sense of like, if I think to myself, what is the practical difference of how you live your life if you believe in this 
or this, you know, when it's not a matter of did Jesus die on the cross for your sins? What, you know, like, is Jesus God? Like, you know, the, the core foundational beliefs of Christianity, Orthodox Christianity, we're not talking about those things, but some of these like uh, other level issues. So, so when you say in my memorization of scripture, it helped me understand the gospel better. Are, Are there any practical ways that you kind of saw like, man, my life, started to be a little different because I was beginning to understand the gospel better. Yeah, that this question is a little bit more uh, difficult to like answer. I'll do my best with what I was like going through when I was actually memorizing it. But one is like about Romans chapter five and how really just like having to like meditate on the fact that like, my sin would never ever be paid for in eternity in hell. Just one of my sins, let alone all of my sins, let alone all the sins of the whole world. And just meditating on much more with Christ, like that his death and resurrection conquered sin, something that eternity in hell would never, would never ever cover and, and pay for. And, you know, I guess he, I guess he could talk about it and it's, it, it can, it can kind of seem just like an intellectual thing, but in the moment of the time that I was actually memorizing it, I was just like, wow, Lord, I have really like underplay your work in what you, what you've done. I'm like, wow, this is powerful, you know? And then, and then in going to switch into chapter six, you know, trying to consider myself dead to sin. That's a really hard thing to like get into your brain. You know, you still, you still wait, rave, you know, against God sometimes. You got the flesh and you're fighting and, and the flesh and spirit are against each other. So if you don't do what you want to do, and yet you still have to kind of, you got to consider yourself dead to sin that there's an objective fact that we are dead to sin and so like wrestling with that a lot when i was going through it i had to sit and and it's still something i'm still challenged to this day to consider myself dead to sin it's very difficult especially when you're aware of all the wickedness in your own heart that you know no one else sees but you Totally. And and I think that's right there. That concept right there is, is hitting on a really powerful truth is that the more we believe that our salvation, that our whole, that our whole gospel journey, honestly, because the gospel is not just the cross where you come to Christ, but the same grace that brought us to the cross is going to take us forward from the cross in our journey of sanctification. Right. So we're, we haven't Mm, changed we haven't changed boats or changed horses. Like we're riding right. the same horse in this journey. Um, and, and the more that we believe that we are the ones that made that happen, um, like, because we put too much of an emphasis on our choosing, like I yeah. invited Jesus into right. my heart. I gave my life to Jesus. I surrendered my heart to like now. And it's not to divorce ourselves from those concepts because right. there's, there's truth in each one of those. But if we put too much weight on them, then what we also recognize is we're picking up weight that we have to carry for other parts of the journey. Like, 
Um, right. know, sure, we we think that we dropped a backpack of burden off of us when we gave our life to Jesus. But if carrying ourselves forward from that place into sanctification uh, is is also our responsibility, good yeah. Lord, that is a heavy burden that no man can bear because we each know our own evil in our own hearts all too well and we will yeah. fail. And so I think, uh, I love you and I had so many conversations where you're just like, man, uh, my anxiety, my, my fear, yeah. my worry, my, like, I just feel more peace because I yeah. understand how big God is and how much he has loved me. And, and how much right. he has done to pay a price that I could not even come close uh, to paying. And, right. and again, it's like our enemy gets smaller because our God gets bigger. Um, and I just Man. think that's like, that's a cool theme for us, even just for this whole episode is, you know, your enemy gets smaller and your God gets bigger. And it's really been true all along. Yeah. But the enemy sells you uh, a deception. We believe a lie that our enemy is this dastardly enemy that has all kinds of play and we downplay how amazing our God is. And, and we overplay how important we are in that process. It's so interesting. Um, You know, if the enemy can get you to focus on him or yourself more than he wins, if he can keep your eyes right. and your focus off of God, then, then, you know, he's safe. You start focusing a little too much on God and his word. Oh boy. You know, like that's going to be a problem. And so, um, so speaking of that, there, there are plenty of scriptures that talk about the value of being in the word of God. Um, you know, like Psalms chapter one talks about meditating on the word of God day and night. And um, there was you know, like Joshua was a man that was uh, a man that meditated on the word day and night. Like, so there, there are leaders in the, in the Bible that like the thing that they were known for was being those that were uh, men of the word, you know, that had the word of God flowing in them. So what are some of the, um, the benefits? These would be more wise of why do you spend time in the word? What are some of the ones that you like saw and kind of pursued in this? Um, one of the things I really noticed it did in spending time memorizing the word was to stop and take a moment to think about each phrase that you're actually, you probably just normally read through without even necessarily thinking about because you just kind of read it really, really fast, especially if it's in the middle of the book, you just kind of want to get the book done. So you just kind of, you, you speed read. So it kind of forces you to slow down and ask, what does this mean? How does this apply to my life? So, because you especially you repeat the same stuff over and over and over, over again, those little phrases over and over again, you'd have to ask, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean over and over again? So it kind of forces us to contemplate things you would not contemplate if you just like read straight, straight through without, without really paying attention to the details. Especially a lot of times that seems to be the case in the first chapters of openings, you kind of just, speed on through it and get onto the good stuff, especially like in Romans, you know, you want to get into all the five, six, seven and eight, but you can ignore like, and really just kind of forget the aspect of the wrath of God. And that's 
so important to understanding the gospel because if you don't really understand your condition and how angry God is at sin, you don't realize how much good news is really good news. It's better than good news. It's great news. And so you can kind of just read things without really stopping and, and, and think about, especially on like, say, a subject like the wrath of God is not very comfortable for people to hear the idea of hell and, and, and the, the list of all the sins that we deserve eternity and hell for. But that's what makes the gospel so like, wow, like, thank you, Lord, for not, you know, end up, you poured your wrath out on your son instead of me. You know, and if you just kind of, it's just an example of one thing where you, where you can just zoom on through it and never really take the time to actually meditate it. Then you're, you're missing so much when you don't um, appreciate the wrath of God. I think it's one of the foundational things to understanding the gospel, because you need to understand how horrible and deplorable sin is to God, that he had to, he has to punish it, punish it. It's, it would be injustice for him not to. He wouldn't be God to not punish sin because he's good. But, and so when you take the time to actually like memorize it or at least stop and meditate on it, it allows you to like stop and just replay it in your brain. Like, whoa, you know, this is really bad for me if Jesus Christ had to come along and save my, my soul. Yeah, I, I love where we were talking about before we came on the show today, we were talking about just a couple of points just how um, one of the one of the whys is it's it helps us to obey God better yeah. uh, because of a, a lot of what you were just talking about is we understand we understand how bad the situation was and then yeah. and, and how God li- literally owed us nothing and yet paid everything like you're saying, it's not just good news. It's ridiculously, insanely yeah. good news, like great news, like, Exciting. like, uh, like mind blowing. Oh my gosh, what yes. in the world? And, and, and that changes then how you view God. And so when you, when you're serving someone who has given everything for you, then, then repaying that in a sense by Thanksgiving and obedience is like, mm-hmm. no, duh. And so it's this natural outflow. And I also think there's a Holy spirit empowerment thing that comes along with the process as well, but it allows us, it keeps us uh, more able to obey God because, and it's kind of like the, the end around, you know, like it's not, it's not coming directly at the problem. Like, man, I'm struggling to obey God. Well, grit Mm -hmm. your teeth and, you know, like, like white knuckle it and figure it out, man. It's, it's actually like, no, no, go, go back to the root of this relationship and, and get to know God better through his word. And what's going to proceed from that is a better understanding of who he is, a better understanding of his love. And your heart is going to soften towards him and you'll be more, you'll be more pliable. You'll be more willing, um, which then keeps us from sinning more. So, so this dedication to the word of God helps us to obey God more, to stop sinning more, um, and we've covered it. it helps you to get to know God. But then I also, one thing that I've really appreciated about talking to you through this whole journey, um, because I, I, I've, I'm pretty sure I remember like you telling me like, yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to memorize the whole book of Romans. You know, you're like, start, I'm starting with chapter one today. Let's go, you know? And so, 
Um, and you know, it took a while, a little over a year. And, uh, but, but what grew in you over that time through our conversations was like, man, the word of God is so rich and so full And I would say that coming from you, a person that already had a deep love and admiration for the word of God. And yet even still, it seemed to just deepen and increase. Yeah. And it's exciting. The fact that, you know, I get to actually like memorize more. I'm still very excited about it. And um, it did, it fed me, it nourished me. Like I, I, I've used this analogy. It might be a terrible one, but it's the only way I can seem to describe it. I felt like sometimes the word of God was like a steak. It would kind of feed you and have protein and you wouldn't even know you were hungry. And other times you'd get a verse that would just hit, hit you that sweet, like it, like the best tasting apple. And you just sit there. Wow. And then there's other times in scriptures where it's like eating vegetables and it's like, oh, this ain't tasting very good, but it's like so good for you to eat those things so i i found the word of god uh just kind of fed me in 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 that way and that's the best like analogy that i can use to describe how it fed me a lot more with the steak analogy because you when you spend that much time in the word you don't realize how much you're you're actually feeding on the word of god but it just kind of just changes your whole mindset and attitude blocks thoughts like not even just necessarily purity thoughts just thoughts of fear thoughts of whatever it is you're you might be struggling with or whatever you know just different different things that would switch your brain to thinking a little bit more biblically biblically and get your mind off yourself and onto who who god is Mm, that's so good man i i think we've uh laid a pretty good foundation work for this whole idea of of memorizing scripture. And I, man, I think you've done a really good job, like just painting the picture of not a duty, uh, but a delight, not something that is a requirement, but something that just um, is something that we should actually desire to step into. Um, And so I, that, you know, if we accomplish one thing, I think in today's episode, it would really be just to stir that desire in a person's heart to, to hopefully go taste and see uh, that the Lord is good through the power of his word. And so uh, we're actually going to call it quits for the day. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming in today and being a part of the Growing Faith podcast. You uh, have done a stellar job. I know you were a little nervous coming in, but you have <laughs> done a great job. So give yourself a pat on the back. Don't hurt yourself in the process. And uh, uh, man, thanks for being here. And we'll definitely catch you in the next episode as we kind of dig deeper into the practical hows. Like now that we've laid this groundwork of why this might be a good idea, then we'll talk about um, some of the practical how and even maybe some maybe some on the air examples of kind of how, how it works out so that we can not just stir up excitement in people's hearts, but actually give them some tools to walk away with and hopefully begin to put it into practice right away. So awesome, Matt. Thank you so much, man. Have a great day and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. All right, there you have it. Excellent uh, start to this conversation about scripture memorization. A huge thank you to uh, Matthew McLean for taking the time to come and be with us. Looking forward to uh, letting you listen in to the next part of the conversation next week as we drop that next episode. So again, here at the Growing Faith Podcast, our heart is really to help Jesus followers follow Jesus better to help other people follow Jesus better. 
that's really kind of where we're going. And so uh, we believe the Bible says that uh, we're supposed to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And and uh, and I really believe, you know, the saints are just those that have been uh, covered by the blood of Jesus, that have been saved. And, uh, and the work of the ministry really is to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Really, all of it is fulfilled in those things. And so... Uh, if, if what you're hearing on the Growing Faith podcast has been beneficial to you, I'd love it if you'd go to wherever you are listening to your podcasts and uh, and rate the podcast, write a review for us, and also share it. So, man, just think of two or three friends that you think would benefit uh, from hearing today's episode and go ahead and share it with them, text it to them, uh, post it on Facebook, Instagram, whatever you can do to help us get the word out. We sure would appreciate it. With all of that, we just say a big, huge God bless you and have the most amazing day.